played the silver ball From Seoul down to Brighton I must have played them all But I ain't seen nothing like it In any amusement hall That deaf, dumb, blind kid Sure plays the mean dead ball Talking to the people involved with collecting, playing, repairing, restoring and operating pinball and arcade culture around New Zealand and beyond. You are listening to Simon's Pinball Podcast. So, um, yeah, so welcome. This is another episode of Simon's Pinball Podcast. And I have come over the um, Auckland Harbour Bridge to the North Shore. Um, I'm visiting Auckland and whenever I come over that bridge, it's always a childhood excitement for me because we don't get to do it very often. It's a famous Auckland Harbour Bridge. So we're on the North Shore in um, Auckland talking to Phil Ward and Roger Newman. And I'm really thrilled to be here. So relax, guys. Uh, I'm just going to introduce you um, briefly, Phil, um, distributor for Data East and Gottlieb in the late 80s, and Roger, who, Roger, you're 93, is that right? Yes. You're, ni- you're 93, Roger, is that right? From ni- uh, yes, that's right. 93, and you were the distributor for Williams uh, Pinball from about the 1960s. Okay, about right, wouldn't it? Yeah, would. And yes. among among other things. So, welcome to the podcast, both of you. Thank oh. you very much. <laughs> I thought I might start talking to you, Phil, a yes. little bit, and then I'll switch over to, to Roger. you, okay. Roger. Um, and it's great that you're such good friends, and you can you can help each other yeah. remember some of the details. Oh, so yeah, that's no, great to be great to have you. Um, so Phil, um, you you've been involved with pinball for a while, and how did you get in, involved with it in the beginning? Uh, well, I decided that um, it would. I've always had a fa- uh, fascination with uh, coin op, so uh, I thought, geez, it would be great to be an operator. Uh, I liked pinball, not that I really had much to do with pinball prior to nineteen. Uh, say the late 80s but I did know Roger and I bought an electromechanical off Roger um, uh, which was the start of it really I didn't operate it I just had it at home when I was still living at home then can you remember the name of that game oh blimey Grand Prix about 75 I think it was yeah yeah I think it was a Grand Prix which I bought off Roger um Little bit of a funny story. Uh, when I put it off, Roger, I thought, geez, I, uh, I had it for a, a few months and I didn't really, then I decided that I didn't really want it. So I rang Roger up and I said, I, I made up a story that I had a, a sick person or a sick aunt in Australia that I needed to go and see, could he take the machine back and give me a refund? Of course, Roger said, no, unfortunately not. <laughs> he might not remember this, but it, it was quite funny, uh, that, that uh, part. Um, so from the late 1980s, I uh, started to import pinballs and operate them. I was still, I'm a horticulturalist by trade, and we had a retail garden centre, which I was still operating, which I operated for about another two or three years as well as operating pinball machines to see if it was a viable thing to move into. And with the, what sort of games were you operating at that time? Were oh, you saying that was the mid, mid to late 80s? It was. So they uh, were current current titles? They were things like uh, Bally Embryon, uh, Mystic. Oh, so the early, those, early those 80s early, early ones, yes, sure. the, the early stuff. Uh, it wasn't until most probably the, the, the very late um, 80s, sort of, you know, nearly 90, that I started to move into um, the Data East games, Time Machine, uh, Depito Alley, and Playboy, and also I was buying off Roger by then, uh, Pinbot, High Speed, 
uh, those early ones. Uh, I think the first new one I bought off Roger was Pinbot right. or, or High Speed. Right, 86. 86, 87 uh, yep. Pinbot. Yep. Yep. Also, I bought Space Shuttle off Roger. And then that started the um, you know association with Roger. Uh, I got to know him really well and bought a, a lot of machines off him. Were you enjoying being an operator? I did, I did. Uh, and bars, cafes? Bars, cafes, pubs, um, clubs. I would have operated up to, at one stage, up to about 80 or 90. But then I found that with half that amount I could do earning the same amount of money. So I cut it down to sort of like, you know, the 40s, 45. And you still had your horticulture business? No, no. You got out of that? No, I got out of that. Um, It was a family business and we sold prior to that. Once I knew that I was able to make it a, um, you know, viable business, I, you know, said to my father that, well, we'll sell a garden centre and I didn't want to do that all my life because I was more intrigued with the pinball side of things. You must have had a bit of a workshop space to be bringing the games in and out. And I tell you what, with that, I didn't. With that number of machines. I, I, I didn't. I operated all from home, um, probably to the disgust of people like Gary Walker, you know, who, who spent a fortune on having a proper facility. I did the whole lot from here, from uh, my place here, which I've been here for 44, 45 years. <laughs> Underneath, I've got a complete underneath basement, which is, uh, you know, and I did it all from that. When I was the Gottlieb distributor and I bought in, the most pimples I ever sold was uh, Street Fighter 2, which, of course, why they were so popular was, uh, and Roger actually bought about 10, uh, not only for him, but for his customers, was that was going on the coattails of the Street Fighter a video game. So that that is why I sold so many of those. I think I actually ended up selling over 40, which for me was, was pretty high. I did sell a lot of Data East uh, Time Machine. I, I think I bought a Time Machine, I'm trying to think what the uh, play, uh, there was Playboy, Monday Night Football. Uh, those three I bought in a full container, which is, 33. So we're jumping ahead a little yes. bit. Yes. How did the Data East and the Gottlieb distributorship come about for you? Well, I, I was in America. I, I used to go, Roger used to go twice a year. I was going twice a year. And I think uh, I actually just asked Data East whether they would like someone to sell their games in New Zealand. And uh, Gary Wall, oh, sorry, Gary Stern was um, Data know, East. He, he was the CEO of, of uh, Data Rest. And uh, so that's how that started. I also talked to Gottlieb, because Gottlieb didn't have a distributor here, and Gottlieb with the same. Um, Gil Pollock, I think, was the CEO at the time. And uh, I, I just happened to mention to them what they'd like uh, Gottlieb sold in so New Zealand. So we're going to get on to you in a minute, Roger. Um, yeah. I, now... And I'll just let our viewers know, Roger forgot his hearing aid today. <laughs> so uh, that, I'm, I'm very embarrassed about that. No, that's I'm okay. Sure. That's okay. So well, when, well, well, I can I'll, still hear. I'll, I'll ask you some questions in a minute, Roger, but I'll speak very slowly and very clearly for you. Um, but uh, forget my train of thought now. Um, Thank you. We were talking Data East, Gottlieb. Uh, you went to shows together. We did. We did. In the, in the uh, 80s, is that right? Uh the, the, this would be more into the 90s before I started right. to go. I, I, admittedly, yes, I did I go was, to the... I was in Star for about a year. It was not two years. I oh, and you were about two or three years. I can't remember exactly. Year. Um, not very well, but... That's OK. <laughs> no, no, we'll, right. we'll be fine. Right. This is only a chat, Roger. This is only so a chat. It's, it's honestly... I like it to be casual yes. and, and, and relaxed. I just forget my question I did have. Um, was about... You got a phone call from Gary Stern, didn't you? Um, for data to get the distributorship for Data East. Yeah, yes, I, I most probably got back to New Zealand um, after going to a show that had Time Machine. Funnily enough, Phil Hannon, who's also a pinball guy, you might have heard of. His yes, name. I know Phil. Phil. You know Phil Hannon. He and I went to the Data East stand, which had the um, Time Machine at the time, and 
I think I might have mentioned to them, you know, did they want a dis- distributorship in New Zealand? And Gary Stern said, yes, that would be great. So that's when I started to sell uh, for, I forget how many models before um, Chris Robinson, who was building video games and thought, oh, he, he'll, he'll distribute it. Somehow he managed to get the distributorship uh, for about two or three, yeah, only two or three models, which I bought all three. I remember it was Star Trek, Batman. Star Wars or Star Trek 25th <laughs> no, anniversary? It was a Star Trek 25th anniversary right. and this... Um, Batman Forever? Bat- no, no, just, Batman just, Ordinary. Just, oh, just Batman. I think, I think he only actually had two that he, he bought yeah. and then he lost it. And I'm pretty sure that's when Roger... Uh, got the distributorship. I've remembered my question. Which one? Data East? Yes, Data East. You, you, I think That's Roger's going to tell you that he would have got it from a guy in Christchurch, wasn't yeah, somebody it? Somebody had the agency in Christchurch, but he wasn't selling any. And uh, and I contacted him and said, I'd give him $100 or whatever it was for everyone I sell. So I was I was not anything distributed, but I was selling them. Okay. Every time I sold, I gave him his... So you had an arrangement where you'd, you'd yeah. clip, he'd, he'd clip the ticket on the way through and you'd and do the selling. he gave up selling them completely. Right. That's I, right. gave him whatever I remembered my question I had. It only lasted okay. a couple of years, and in my case, I probably wouldn't have said more many data east. You sold a lot of data east, Star Wars <laughs> and uh, right. Jurassic Park. Yeah. The later models. The question I had for you, Phil, yes. was when you were bringing in those games, were you bringing them in container loads or or less than container, half container loads? No, so the, I did bring, originally data east, I bought in a full container of mixed games, um, as I said, uh, I think Time Machine, yeah. um, Playboy, and Monday Night Football Ring a Bell. And I actually also bought in some Czechs hockeys, you know, those domed hockeys. Oh, yes. I bought in 10 of those as well, just to fill the container. After that, I was, uh, I, I basically bought them in by ear. I did a lot of air freight, uh, whereas um, later on, when Gary was bringing them by sea, People would ring me and say, you know, they were interested in a certain machine. And I said, well, I could get you that in pretty quick by ear. And I most probably wasn't any dearer because, you know, Gary would want his pound of flesh. Mm. Um, <laughs> Gary wanted his pound of flesh. And I was, because I... You were taking a smaller... You were taking half a pound. I was taking half a pound. Exactly, Simon. Exactly. I was taking half a pound. And I was able to bring fly them in. And have them in real quick. I'd order them with uh, Data East or, or uh, you know, Stegas, Stern, and, and Gottlieb. Even Gottlieb, I used to fly them in. But when it came to the Street Fighter, of course, that was a container. I bought in about four four samples, I think. And then I bought her. I, I took orders. I pre-sold the entire container on deposits. How come? Why do you think Street Fighter Two was such a popular pinball? So you had about four, you what, 40... It, 40 40 machines in a container, roughly. Is that right? Yes, correct. I, th- I think it's 33, but I bought in a, about a, by ear, I bought in about another four or five. I mean, you most probably know Street Fighter pinball was not an outstanding pinball, but why it sold so well was because of the video game. Mm. I had video game operators, and Roger would have been the same, because Roger actually bought about 10 or 12 of them, um, which helped me out greatly. The, because that was so popular, that video game, people thought, oh, the pinball will It's got to be good. It's got to be good. But in fact, you know, it, it, it really wasn't an outstanding game. I mean, it's, it's an aura, and it looks good. So I don't think it, it earned... Even I uh, operated two or three on location. Which one is that, Phil? That's Street Fighter. So you know, Street Fighter Lee, 2. Street Fighter 2, the oh. Gottlieb one. Um, I don't think it oh, earned horrendous money, but... It got the hype of the video game. And People got very long ball times, very long they game did. times. They did, they so did. So I guess for a lot of more novice players, um, they would like it because they get a long game. Absolutely. And it was reliable. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Gottlieb were reliable, but I wouldn't say they were the biggest earning well, games. Talking about Phil Hannum, he was saying to me just the other day that he loves Gottlieb games because they never break down. Exactly, you're dead right. <laughs> In Simon. fact, I've just been rebuilding a couple, and the flipper mechanisms don't need any work, no. even after twenty years. I know, I know that they've just got unbelievable um, flipper mechanisms that don't, not like say 
the Stern or the Data East or the, the Williams, yeah. that they do require flipper rebuilds, but for some other reason, Gottlieb, boy, they were they were bulletproof. They were well engineered. They were well Now, Roger, let's move on to you for a second. <laughs> um, I've, I'm really excited to talk to you because you your your involvement with pinball goes back to, what, the 1950s, 1960s? Yes, but I was never a pinball enthusiast personally, from the selling point of view, that was a different matter. I was certainly enthusiastic there. <laughs> and like all the other, like Phil and all the rest, they love pinballs. They, they really love them. To me, it doesn't really mean anything to me yet. You, a pity, you really. were operating... Now, did you move into the pinball market from jukeboxes or from the wall-mounted games? What's the... I first, no, I first got into the coin machine business with Penny Games. Penny Games. So we're talking... My parents had a shop... The wall-mounted ones. And there was a fortune machine outside there. And in a few months, it took quite a bit of money. To cut a long story short, I went into that business and started manufacturing them and, and, and sold them all. And within about five or ten years, I think the whole of New Zealand was covered. We're talking about the flip ball. Yeah, uh, flip all the that flip type, ball. every type of penny game. I, I meant to show you a picture of them. That's what I was involved with. And... and uh, they were, I distributed them all over, and I went all over New Zealand, but about every, th oh, and my salesman too, every particular area, and um, sold quite a lot of them. You're talking so tea, tea your rooms. Father probably played them, I should imagine. Penny Games. Yes, I, I loved them. I remember at the, the, the travelling fairs, there used to be a tent with all the wall mounted games That's right. in there, and they're very collectible now. There's a few still. Uh, dotted around in fish and chip shops, especially the Lady Luck. The that's la right. The Lady Luck. That's right. That's what I introduced. So you were, you were making, manufacturing those machines? Absolutely. Not only that, I would go to the States every year to get a new model. Unfortunately, I didn't bring the picture to show you, but I'll post that on to you or something. Did you, like have a, did you have a workshop here in Auckland? No, not there. No, did you back in those days? No, I had a chap work for me. He's not alive now, but... We had a workshop. He used to look. Was it forget his name? Oh, okay. He used to do all the servicing. Well, you service for me too. And what's his name? Gary. What's his name? Howard. Howard was right. Howard Johnston. He's probably right. Yes, yes. He probably was the biggest operator. It would have been, wouldn't he? He'd have bought over a hundred. I've spoken. I've spoken to Howard. One of my best buyers. I've spoken to Howard on this. On I've spoken to Howard. And I've got had I've heard him talk about his uh, servicing of jukeboxes yeah. and and so forth. So the what about the the all the metal parts in those machines? The, all, all the metal parts were they brought in imported and you assembled them here? Is that is that right? I think Roger. Say that again. Sorry. You you know on the flip ball, yes. Roger. You imported the. The metal you I had them all cast here, didn't you? He copied them. Copied them. He got they a, made I hundreds of them all over New Zealand. He, I think, he imported. That was one of the best money spinners. That yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. the golf game. Yeah. Oh, yes, the golf those. game. That, that's yeah, another yeah. machine. That's the one where the, the coin travels the from side to yeah. side. Yes, that's he made heaps one. of those. And uh, just about every town in view had one of those. With a sort thousand. He would have. Yeah, he would have. It's sold. a wonderful machine. It's incredible. Well, they're, they're very. They're very highly. Highly prized among collectors now, all those games. Yes, they, oh, the I price that, that they fetch. Well, the price, but they, they're very fondly thought of. Yes. Um, okay. So how did it come about, Roger, that you became the Williams distributor back in the six, is it 1960s? Well, I was going to, I was going to the States anyway to, to, to buy new models of penny games to copy over here. And I was always able to get a license to big one and to copy. And at the same time, I, I know people were asking about pinball machines, so I approached Williams, and um, they agreed to give me the agency. So I think I was able to get a trial modelling as a sample that I was the distributor, and then from then on, I managed to get a license. Years later, this is during the licensing period. That's the only way how I got the license for for Williams. I actually, went to Williams' place and met the manager and all the rest of it. And I was going there every time, probably about two or three times a year, because I was buying other amusement games too. Right. So I'd always go there in Williams, and that's how we got it. Can you talk a little bit about the importation laws, about the importation laws back then? Because some games had to be assembled here, I understand, but some games could come in completely made. Uh, because, for instance, I've got to beat the clock from 1963, 
which is a Williams pinball, yeah. but it's in a New Zealand made a New Zealand made cabinet. <laughs> it's not in an American cabinet. Oh. So we're, we're pinball well, machines. I think one particular occasion we went to a say, friend of mine, Lou Johnson, he was my partner for a while, he's not alive now, and he and I were the ones who distributed machines all over New Zealand, the penny games and stuff like that. And um, what was I talking about before that? They're assembling the pinball machines. Right. You know the Williams pinball machines? Yeah. Did you ever bring in just the parts and assemble the cabinet? Yes. Are you saying that Lou, was Lou brought, we got a license to bring oh. one in, and Lou actually had a license to copy it, and he actually did copy the pinball oh, machine. I see. Right. It wasn't. Was it due to the laws, the importation laws? Was it due to what? The importation laws. I think it was the yeah. importation oh, yeah. laws. Yeah. They, they made a yeah. concession for it. Right. Right. I, you, I think I got the soldiers two and took it. Took luck, chance that they would they would allow them in. Unfortunately, they did. Just right. those two for samples, and we had to prove that we were going to manufacture it here. Right. Because just imagine factoring a pinball, what it was really like. Yeah. It yeah. would be nothing like the original, that's for sure. No, no, that's the. <laughs> yeah, that's so the playfields and the back glasses and all the componentry all came in, and we, we made, we, you copied them, as you say. Yeah. Copied the cabinet. Can you remember yeah. any particular big selling games that you were bringing in in big numbers? For, for customers? Ones, you know, I can't even remember any of the names. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, know that, uh, I, I know that Roger bought him uh, a large amount yeah. of Adam's Are you meaning back into the 90s? Um, I'm thinking, you talking I'm the thinking more of the early stuff. I, I don't think, no, no, not the early ones. No, I don't think Roger actually bought in a lot of very, very few vast originally. quantities of the early stuff, like per model. Right. But it was it wasn't only, until later on that he bought it. Yeah, it was only when Winners gave him the agency. It was good. That was a, that was a good deal. Yeah, and when he when he was selling things like um, the Getaway, uh, several ring a bell, the yeah. Getaway, which he bought him, I would say over a hundred units of that. Um, Adam's family. So um, we're just jumping ahead a little oh, yeah, bit. I'd so think. Roger's been involved with importing Williams games from way back in the electromechanical up until the early 1990s, would you yes. say? Because you're, talk, you're yes. talking about Getaway and, and when, perhaps Twilight Zone. Uh, no, it, not it, Twilight Zone. It, not Twilight Zone, that was Gary Walker. So Gary Walker. So basically ended, I think it might have ended with the Getaway. Adam's think, Family. And Adam's, Adam's Family. Adam's I think family. Adam's Family and Getaway were the last big items that Roger sold yeah. before yeah. Gary right. Walker. Got the agency. With Coin Cascade. With Coin Cascade and Leisure and Allied. Yes. Yes. Yes, because yes, Leisure and Allied were selling a lot of pinballs. They obviously had a huge clout. And Williams most probably thought because uh, Leisure and Allied, I think, owned part of Gary Walker. Right. And they then said, well... Streamline like, this. Streamline this. Like they did with me, got rid of me when I was data, you know, the uh, Stern, and go with just one agent. Yes. And... and each particular country. So, so can we talk about you going over to the shows a little yes, bit? So yes. So you used to go to the AMOA show, was it? We used to go it? to the AMOA show, didn't you? We did. And then very often uh, Phil would come with me to the Williams show, wouldn't you? I did. I quite often would go to uh, with Roger to the good. Williams show. They had... Uh, many times. Drinks and uh, eater, uh, eats and... Uh, at the Williams oh, yes. factory? The, uh, no, it wasn't. No, we never went... Actually, hang on a minute, did I ever go, I was just trying to think whether Roger took us to the Williams factory. You went to the Williams factory, Roger, didn't you? That's right. Yes. I think once I did go to the Williams factory, uh, and I also went to the Gottlieb factory and the Darderese factory all in one year <coughs> um, through, well, Roger, definitely for the Williams factory. But, um, no, there was a lot of... Uh, Many times when we went to the shows, I used to go twice. I would go sort of like on holiday and incorporate going to the shows, um, which was good because I'd always meet up with Roger and Alice because uh, Alice would oh, always yeah. go with Roger. Yeah, yeah, and uh, in Los, especially in Las Vegas, didn't yeah, we, Roger? We had a lot of times in Las Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah, we went heaps of times to Las Vegas, which was great, which was great. Yes. Yeah, of course, Gary was, was tied up with that Australian company, a pretty big company, wasn't he, with Gary? Yes, Leisure and Allied. That's in a way why he got the age of it in, yeah. in, the, in the long... But he was, he was much better geared for it. He had a, quite a big style for the, quite a lot of people working for him, 
as far yeah. as I was concerned, they weren't all that many. No, so no. Roger and I wasn't mainly concentrating on pinballs. I had other things to consider, but pinballs. Yes, yeah, he was it certainly selling, wasn't exclusively pinballs. No, you were doing the same games still quite handy. So when you were making your orders, when you were making your orders from Williams, were you doing it all over the phone, or were you? Um, yeah, and not, and not only that, like they would supply me without any credit whatsoever. I never had to put up any payment in advance. Okay. I always paid. When the goods arrive, geez, that's that never was never excellent. had to put anything up. Wow, not like not like that was with anyone I dealt with. And, and talk about bills. you said that the last the last model you got, you just told me before we started recording. Can you talk about the container load that they gave you? Oh yes, yes. When I when Gary Walker got the agency, and they said, "Well, are you sorry and all that," and I said, "Oh, well, it'd be a bit inconvenient." Anyway, to cut a long story short, um, because of that. I said, surely you could pay for my advertising or something like that. I didn't pay anything for advertising or whatever, it doesn't matter. I had to give a little bit of a story. And so they very kind of they gave me the choice of any pinball I like, any machine they like, plus they would pay for a container load of, um, uh, of pinball machines. And the best machine at that time, what, was it, what would it have been? Because what happened when Gary found that I got one, he, he tried to get a commission from them for he me. Did, he did, he did. Williams. No worries, <laughs> he's quite entitled to it. Roger, I think you ended up getting a Twilight Zone. This was just at the, the yeah, Twilight Zone. Yeah, the choice. I think they gave Roger the yeah. Twilight Zone because Gary had already basically got the agency. He was quite... It was after he got the He was a little bit peeved, I think, that Roger actually ended up getting a game. It was compliments of Williams. Yes, compliments, which was very good of Williams too. Yeah, that was a nice gesture. That was a nice gesture. So the container load of pinballs, which was about 33, was it? 33, 34 pinballs in a container? There's 33 in a... Oh, something like that. Yeah, 33 in a... No, I'll just be honest, they didn't give me a container load. They paid, they paid yes, for the freight of a whole container of the, about 30 yeah, feet, of, plus of any machine they had whatsoever. The and they had model. the best money yeah. to spend at the time. I forget what it was. Yeah, yeah I think... I was quite happy. Yeah, yeah, you were. Because I had plenty to do otherwise. Other things are selling and working all that time. Yes, yeah. So games yeah. like, the, the, towards the end of your um, involvement, Roger, games like Fishtails, Getaway... Adam's family, they came in such big numbers. They would have been several container loads of each. Yeah, that, 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 that was Gary Walker. He, he did Fish Tales, he did Doctor Who, oh, uh, Twilight Zone, he bought it. Okay, so it was Adam's family and the one before? Getaway. Oh, no, actually, sorry. Terminator 2? Terminator 2, yes. No, that was Roger. Yes. Roger bought in Terminator 2. Terminator 2, the pinball. Oh, yes. He bought in most probably a he might probably bought in a container of those um, and it wasn't until Gary took over that he through I think Leisure and Allied started to bring in quite big quantities you were right, right. Uh, for, those, for those particular yeah that types. Doctor Who Twilight Zone um, yeah they, they he bought in some pretty big quantities of those do you know Roger do you know anything about the odd Sort of the Sega games from from either Sega, J- nothing whatsoever. Either Japan or Spain. I think the, I did, think your friend bought some Sega in from 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 Japan. Did you not bring in? Uh, I'm talking about the electromechanicals. Yes, I've got uh, about five or six under my house. Will 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 Will, 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 Will Morton. Yeah, yeah, Will Will. He's got some now. He, he loves yes. uh, Sega. Oh, you know, I know Will, Will, my yes. accountant. So Will. Um, he didn't bring them in. He he bought them here, but Will seems to think that... I bought that something for I think. From you there. did? Yeah, you did. about five. I, yeah. I can't remember exactly. Roger bought in quite a few... From Sega. Japan. From, from Japan. I'm pretty sure he bought them from Japan because he was buying, um, you know, Tato video games and that sort of thing there, and mm. that's when Sega were, had a shot at... Pinball. They, yeah, Pinball. They, they made about... I think it was about eight, half, a, half a dozen was or it eight. About, yeah, six to eight pinballs that were very similar... But they're very um, hard to find, you know, world, yeah. worldwide. I know. Um, but there's a few that turned up in New Zealand, and like you say, is he your accountant? Is he? Well, My accountant. He, collect, he collects Will. them. Yes, yes, he collects them. Uh, he just bought a Robin Hood. Robin you Hood. You would have known about that. Yes. So he, he collected them, um, and he, he's got two in his uh, place that actually Roger owns the property, um, and... The other six are under my house. I actually sold one for him. 
Uh, I had a Japanese guy that comes out here once a year. He hasn't come this year because of COVID, but he used to come out every year for just three weeks and I sold him quite a few of the modern pinball. But he said to me, Phil, he said, can you get me a Sega pinball? Because he's from Tokyo, you see, he lives in Tokyo. And I said, yeah, well, actually, I've got a, a friend who's got several of these Sega games. We mentioned one to him, and I ended up um, talking to Will. Will said, yeah, why not? I'll sell one of them. I might be able to buy it again. Uh, not, not the same one, but, you know, down the track. And he bought, so my, my Japanese customer bought one, which I delivered up to his, okay. uh, he lives at a beach resort up, up north of it. Uh, along with, I've, I've sold him about so six or seven or eight, you know, Twilight Zone and some more modern uh, Stearns and that sort of thing there. But um, no, I'm, I'm sure that Roger did actually bring in uh, a few of those Sega. From, uh, from Japan. Japan. Yeah, I think, yeah so. I think you did, Roger. Any yeah. any involvement with Atari or um, Zakaria, the, Ita- the Italian... Manufacturing. I don't know any Atari at all. No, the Atari no, had a few like Superman. They did. I don't um, think Roger actually bought in any. Wasn't involved with those. I don't at think all? he was involved with Sakari. Sakari, that's the Spanish. They're it? Italian. Italian. Mm. No, I don't think uh, Roger, you bought in any Italian games, did you? Um, you didn't bring in any Italian games uh-huh. like from no. I'm pretty sure that those ones he didn't. So yeah. when you got out of, when, sort of early 90s, Roger, when pinball was all over and it went to Gary Walker, what did you do then? Did you get into another line of work? No, I've always been in the coin machine business and I had an import license like everybody else did. There was been all sorts of games, not only pinball machines, yes. driving machines, you name it. So the, the driving, the video games. All the time. And, yeah, okay, all It right. wasn't really my main, was... my livelihood wasn't pinballs. Yes. It was just sort of another machine in the business. Yes. So of course it was very good at times, it being in by the hundreds, it's very good, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> it is yes. quite lucrative, yeah. But as far as I think Garry's Roger, concerned, I think Roger retired pretty well in the Re- 90s, didn't you, Roger? He almost said retarded, he was too discreet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't quote still, me there. <laughs> you still had uh, all your, yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the market now? Do you know anything about the pinball industry in, in the current day, Roger? No, not really. Yeah. Only, th- only through what Phil might yeah. say. Not what I might tell It doesn't particularly that. interest me now. No, yes, no. yes, yes. I just wondered if you t- if you no. kept an eye on the market trends or anything. See, having not been because a lot of people who really love pinballs will never lose their love of them. But as far as I'm, though, I did buy one for my grandchildren. You did. Yeah, they've got this in the garage right now because I just bought a new home. I've got to have it changed. There. Is that uh, Harley Davidson? Wasn't it? Pardon? Was that Harley Davidson? The belly Harley Davidson. It is, yes. It's it is, been eh? barely used. The children yeah. liked it. They were about oh, seven or eight or six. I helped put it, in. it just sits there unused now, does <laughs> it? It sits unused. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, I really appreciate you talking to me today, Roger. So well, I'm afraid I hadn't been very infor- informative. No, if it hadn't been for Phil, it would have been rather grim. But I do apologise for not bringing my glasses and also my hearing aid. But however, no, it's been, you've told you've told some wonderful stories. You know, you've told some wonderful stories. And I've enjoyed listening to them. Right, wow, um, So, Phil, um, you, you, um, so let's talk about back in the late nineties. Um, I was an, as you know, I'm an operator as well. Yes, yes. I and am. the market was so flat. You know, the yes. pinballs were so cheap. Yes. I was trying to sell pinballs. I couldn't sell anything. I couldn't even sell a Twilight Zone for a thousand dollars. I know. And and I thought, oh hell, to hell with this. I've got to move yeah, a few yeah. games. I'm going to list my new titles, which was Attack from Mars and Arabian Nights. Howard bought my Arabian Nights and you rang me and bought my Attack from Mars. So you were operating well into the 90s. I was uh, up until... uh, So I haven't been operating now for six and a half years. Um, I've been working for uh, uh, Time Out, Auckland Coin. Uh, just in their arcades and and that I, I I do a little bit of I service our machines that we've got which is only uh, three we've got a Batman Black Knight uh, yeah Dark Knight sorry yeah. Batman and Dark Knight um, we've got a Lord of the Rings which is uh, in Queen Street and we've also got an Avatar so we've only got the three games which I uh, service for our for the company yeah. Um, 
But you've had up to 80, you said up to oh, 80. It, it operated up until, yeah. uh, well actually, would have been up until about 2000 and, 2010, 2012, I would have had about, I was only operating about 20, 25. So I, I went from that really heady days of 90, uh, which I didn't uh, operate <coughs> for too long uh, at that level. And I just found it too much and found that I was earning the same amount of money with half that amount. And for several years, I operated around about 45, 50. And then I cut it back even half down to about 20. Uh, one of the, the better locations, of course, was uh, called Stages in the bottom of Queen Street or the bottom uh, Custom Street. And uh, that was one of my good locations. Was, also, it an, was it an arcade? It was an arcade. It was an arcade. It was, an arcade. It was actually sort of owned by Auckland Coin, um, which is the company that I work for now. The, um, what was I going to say? You cut the, it back the, to about 20? Yes, yeah, I was, I was down to about 20, 25. Uh, and, and then it sort of got down to 10. And then I just realised that um, I was getting older and lifting these machines was, you know, is a lot more. Did you always move them on your own? I, I did move them on my own, but I always had someone to help me into a location. In the end, in the last sort of few years... Were you ringing in friends to do I, that? Yeah, yeah, well, yes, I, I had a couple of people that I could ring in, and they would give me a hand. I used to get passers-by to help me. Yeah, <laughs> passers-by. <laughs> that was always a good thing. Give them a few free games and you get a passer-by to, you know, some young, strong lad to give you a hand. But, um, yes, in the end, I, when I got down to about... 10 or 12, I realised that, you know, I didn't really want to operate anymore. Um, believe it or not, I've never had my own collection, uh, apart from, and I'm sure that Simon wants to know about, I, I bought in 1993 of Gary Walker, I bought a brand new um, Gold Adams Family, which I had in my office. It had 330 plays on it when I eventually sold it. Uh, I even remember how much I paid for it. I don't mind, mind mentioning this. I paid $7,400 plus GST. Oh, that's right. And, <laughs> and I ended up selling it uh, many years later. Now, was it as good as money in the bank? Most probably not. Uh, you most probably could have done better with the, the money uh, if you'd operated it or actually if you'd invested it. Uh, but I think I sold it for around about the eleven thousand, twelve thousand dollars, and only recently I happened to see it again, after quite a few years, at uh, a mate of mine, uh, Kerry Hogan, which some of you all know. Uh, he was doing an upgrade of the LEDs mm -hmm. and a colour screen for it, and I'll tell <laughs> you what, it looked just like the day that I'd sold it to him. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. It's practically new in box. I mean, it you, was you, it you was. had unboxed it and set it up on legs. I but did, you, but you hadn't played more than three hundred games. Like three hundred and I think it was three hundred and thirty games Incredible. in my office. I, I used to keep it in the office, and I suppose eventually I thought, you know, geez, I'll sell it. I heard, the, you know, I heard it went to Australia. I thought it went to Australia that particular one. No, no. <clears throat> so what happened was uh, Simon's just mentioned the Australian uh, version. I bought a Gold Adams. I had a uh, guy contact me from Australia. He worked for a TV network and he uh, contacted me, wanted a Gold Adams. I wasn't going to sell my Gold Adams. I still had that. I wasn't going to send him, sell him my Gold Adams. But I knew of one downtown. Uh, it was in an arcade opposite stages. And I can't remember the guy who actually... Uh, owned it, uh, old guy, I think he's still around, uh, doesn't operate or, or anything these days. I bought it off him, I did it up, well, to the best of what I could do, not like Kerry Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I actually shipped it to him in Australia. So that's uh, where the confusion that's lies. That's where the confusion lies, because I think some people thought it was my gold atoms that I went did. there. I did, I thought it was yeah. your one. It, no, it wasn't, it was, it was one that I bought 
and and sold. So your one was sold locally, and now it's come back to Kerry for a refurb. It did, it came back just to have uh, color screen put in it and LEDs, and I believe um, it, it's actually gone now. But because um, I was in it, Kerry's place, uh, and I said, Kerry, geez, that looks like my old. And he said, it is your old gold Adams family, because we were wondering, you know whether the guy was going to contact Kerry to have a, anything done to it. And he said, yes, all I did was, uh, I think that's all he did to Does it. that particular owner have other pinballs, or he's just got that one? I think he's just got that one. Yeah. And here's, here's, uh, here's something. <laughs> and I'm sure this is true. The guy knows that how big prices are being paid for these games. He said, if anyone wants to offer me 40000 I will part with it. $40,000 for a Gold Adams family. Admittedly, it was brand new. I reckon at one stage, I could have sold it back to the US, um, and, you know, knowing that you would be getting it in US dollars. I reckon I could have sold it back to the US and, uh, you know, maybe... Thirty-five thousand. Well, there was someone that came through New Zealand and taking them back to the US, the ones that he could find. Yes, because we yes, got we got we got ten gold atoms delivered to New Zealand, and Australia didn't get any, did they? I don't think so. No, I don't think they did. I don't think I so. Don't For think some they... reason, someone messed up, and they didn't they didn't yeah requisition any. No, no, and that's why the guy in Australia that worked for this TV company, um, funnily enough. That particular person, he was so impressed when he got the game, he sent me a bottle of wine, which I still actually have. I still have. And and it's quite an expensive bottle of wine, but I don't know whether it's any good because I haven't really stored it like you should. Put some gold ribbon around the neck. I should, I should, Simon. You're dead right, but I don't think the wine will be very tasty now. I haven't stored it properly. I did try to sell it on... um, Did I try to sell it on eBay? Uh, Because I found out it was quite a rare wine. Nice. He obviously like he obviously likes the finer things in life. This he, he, the, he obviously did, but I think what happened was um, someone asked, uh, asked me a question on eBay. How was it stored? And you've got to store wine in a special way, don't you? I believe. Well, I guess you've got to lay the bottle down for a lay start. Lay the bottle down. I think I actually had it standing up. So uh, I've still actually got it in the cupboard. That's uh, funny. Never, never sold it, but uh, you give it back to the person who gave it to you. I could, <laughs> I never heard so, from that guy again. Um, he, he sort of contacted me a, a couple of times, three times, and then I never really heard from him. But he was very impressed with the gold that he got, the gold out of his family. So the thing that makes me laugh about when I sold you the attack from Mars, getting back to that, yes, um, it had been mine had been involved in a smashing incident and a brawl, and I, hadn't it? Well, just or someone something. attacked it with a chair, yes, and it was a pretty a bit of a mess. But I'd cleaned it up and I'd put I'd put a mylar over the play field, or I think I gave you the mylar. Because it had a big scratch on the play field. No, I think you were right, Simon. I think you did my lara. I did my lara, yes, yeah. And I sold it to you, and yes. I remember you telling me at, at a subsequent pincade, and I think we were around at Dave Sell's place, and you said to me, wow, oh, that, that, that attack from Mars, I made so much money off that. <laughs> I did. That, because you put it into Brazil. Brazil Cafe, which was uh, originally, it was a... The most probably the narrowest shop you could get. It's a cute little uh, building. It was a cute little building. Um, <coughs> it used to be a fruit. I believe it used to be a fruit shop owned by uh, Chinese people. Anyway, it turned into a cafe. I uh, I think I got approached by them. Uh, would they would I put a pinball in there? Simon's attack from Mars. I do have to say, and I'll say this because I pay taxes, that it most probably earned. A hundred and twenty thousand dollars in the time that I owned it and operated it at there. that one venue. Just at that one venue. Wow! It what was that Attack from Mars, Roger. It was after you. Because um, oh, yeah. I I didn't buy one brand new. Gary Walker would think I didn't buy one brand new because I'd been to a show. And I'd seen them at Williams, and I and someone said to me. You know that attack from Mars? It, it was an open play field, and I, I didn't think it would earn the money. Anyway, when I got back to New Zealand, never bought one new. Uh, I'm not sure how I got hold of Simon. It was in I, the little Time Out magazine. 
I had advertised that in the little Time Out magazine. And someone said to me, geez, you want to get that attack from Mars? It's a real good earner. And I, then I started to hear these reports from overseas because I used to get a lot of different magazines, Replay and Play Meter and, and all the overseas mm. magazines. Oh, yeah. And they were saying, Jesus, <laughs> attack from Mars. So when I saw Simon, he's just told me that it was advertised in the little... I sold um, it for 2800 2800 I remember uh, God, something. do you remember that? Oh, that's sickening. That, to think that I made all that uh, money. But I, I can honestly well, say... Good, good investing from you, Phil. That, I tell you what, that would have been most probably my one of my highest earning games, that and Medieval Madness, which I did buy brand new because I realised then that I think Medieval Madness and Attack from the same, the same design. Same design it? team, yeah. Simon. It's essentially the same game when you look at the shop map. It is really, it is, isn't it? Just the catapult's the only extra thing on Medieval Madness. Yes, yes. But it's the same shop map. It is. And if you follow modern games, Stranger Things is almost the same shop map again. But anyway, yeah, no, that's right. And I sold the Totem to Howard for 2800 as well. But if I couldn't get 1000 for a Twilight Zone... I thought maybe I can get 2800 for an attack from Mars. And you did? <laughs> yeah, of course. But I bought another attack from Mars after that. There were only five brought into New Zealand. Yes. And there were two in Wellington, and my one I sold to you, and then I bought the one from Space Tech. Now, um, when I sold my attack from Mars, I think it did go to... It went to Dave Sell. Dave Sell, that's right. Dave Sell uh, asked me, I think that's when I had pulled it out of there and I was operating a Medieval Madness. And that was another huge earning game for me. I didn't buy one of those. No, no. That that was another brilliant game. Do you know the main reason why I didn't buy it? Because it was... No, I played a prototype in Australia of the Medieval Madness. And the troll flaps were of quite a a low-quality steel. And they had these big divots in them. So they had actually bowed. The the troll flaps had bowed. And when the ball ran over the top of them... The ball launched up into the air, so there were so many air balls, uh, and I played it, and I was going, I, there's no way I'm buying this machine. <laughs> I, mean, I bet you regretted it. I did regret it. Yeah, yeah. So I bought one second hand a, <laughs> a few years later. Have you still got a bit um, No, I sold it to uh, a celebrity up here, Mark Ellis. Oh, um, yes, yes, I know Mark. But uh, I, I, bit, I bought a second hand one from Luna Park when it closed down, closed down and I paid uh, 2800 for that too. Um, from the arcade, but I was lucky to get it at the time I did, and I made a lot of money off it as well. It was a brilliant um, early game, wasn't it? When I when I cited it, but then I went through a period where I sold off a lot of machines in about two thousand and eight, and um, I was just getting out of the industry. That was my five year break. Um, but anyway, it's not about me. I'm just segueing <laughs> there. Just, um, that's all right, mate. You that's good to any, hear. Are you operating any at all? I do. I operate now. I operate, yes, I do. Yes, good. I operate now. I How enjoy many are you operating? it. How many? Hmm. About twi- uh, eighteen to twenty. That's a good. Oh, that's a that's a good yeah. number. I've good. got te- I've got ten in one location. Good. Oh, okay. I um, mean, then I've like got a bar, a, yes. like a barcade. Yes, yes. And then I've got sort of ones and, two, <laughs> ones and twos and a few Everywhere. other and a few other places. Yes. Not too many because it's not my job. I do it as my as my weekend sort of hustle. hustle. Good, good, yeah. um, and and like you, I declare it all and, t- and pay taxes as well. You don't operate any other any other machine but pinballs. No, exclusive, only pinballs. I yeah. thought about pinballs. doing um, pool tables, but yeah. just the logistics of handling yeah, pool, tables. Again, pool tables. Oh, yeah. I do have an old driving game which I want to fix the up. Driving games too. We used to operate those, didn't we? Yes, actually Roger and I uh, Roger and I, what we did in our final years, uh sorry. Roger. That was not the right thing to say. In our last years <laughs> of um, commercial involvement commercial involvement, Roger and I operated uh, well I I, I did uh, Roger was a sort of like an investor and we bought a couple of, um, I, I bought some driving, a Daytona, yeah. Sega Rally, and the biggest one that... Uh, we, we made got, one big mistake, didn't we, wasn't it? We, we, we made a, a big mistake. Honest, <laughs> the big mistake <laughs> was, no, we, we made a big mistake. We bought a Scud racer. Which one? A Scud. Remember the Scud? Oh, that's and right. And we, we bought we it just it so prior well, to, we... yeah. And, and this guy, um, his father owned the arcade that I bought the Gold Adams family. Anyway, he was in pool tables 
and he 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 said to me, he said, "Oh, Phil, uh, I hear that you're interested in buying a Scud racer." I knew the Scud wasn't as popular. Anyway, I mentioned it to Roger. Roger and I went fifty fifty. We bought the Scud racer, and what we what we didn't realise was that we did it just as we were going to the states to to one of the shows. What the guy did, it, it is a it is a known thing in the business. He. He, he got me into the uh, location and he said, you can have the location as well, which was out at um, Manicamp. And what he did was he had he knew the bar, the person who owned it very well, and he tipped a whole lot of money into it to make it look as though it was earning big money. It's what's called salting the cash box there. Um, I'm sure that a lot of people didn't do this. There weren't many people like that for you. Most people were pretty honest, weren't they? Most Nobody people were very people honest, anyway. but this guy insulted the <laughs> thing. So I gave him the money for the driver. Uh, Roger and I basically flew out that weekend, and he said, oh, we could have the uh, location. Came back, and I went to have the location, <laughs> It had about 10 bucks in it. <laughs> I said to that Roger, I said, yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was, it was the only mistake that we made. And, and I would say that we, you know, he had, uh, that doesn't he, he was, uh, he had, uh, yeah. And he, what did you say to Roger? So I said, I said to Roger, well, I was going to use a word that, well, I, was, I said we were shafted on that uh, driver, um, Roger. But what Roger did was very honourable. Uh, I think, I'm not sure whether I actually operated that driver after that. Roger said he'd buy my share and he put it into, because Roger still had Fun City. So he put it in Fun City. And then eventually when he sold Fun City, he sold everything. <coughs> and uh, that would, which was very honourable. Roger was always good to me. Uh, I mean, I, I did buy a lot of pinballs off him, but he was, he was very good. Um, so we you owned Fun it. City. I didn't catch that bit of no, information. No, no, sorry, he did. He, oh, yeah. he owned the big Fun City in town. Yeah. The one on Queen Street. Queen Street. Now, he still owns Queen the building, right. uh, but it's got a dairy and a cake shop right. and a pizza place oh, upstairs. Right. Okay. But he actually owned that. He didn't own Space World. Space World was downstairs, you know, under the St. James okay. when they had that. Yeah, we owned the building. Yes, for but many years. Roger it's still owns the building to this day. That's um, why about your father, because sometimes when they were boys, they remember it. Sometimes I yeah, said, they, his, I remember that came into your shop, but really. <laughs> he did, because he had it for so many years. People would, what, what years would that have been? Late 70s? Because uh, uh, there's, there's been a couple of different locations. This is the Queen Street location. Yes, Roger has had a couple of different locations. I'm just trying to think when... For, Queen Street, Fun City, Roger. Did you? How long did you have that? You had that for many years, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, Queen uh, Street. Queen Street. How long oh, yeah, did still you got it? Yeah, I know you've still got the building. Oh yeah, that's but right. How, how long did you have the arcade? For oh, many years, didn't you? How long? Twenty. You would have had it twenty know. years. Long time, anyway. Yeah, he did have it a long time, and of course he he had a um, load of pinball machines, yeah. which I used to help fix. He did have a guy bef uh, before. And how he, used to look after him? How would you still look after him? Yeah, I think he had around it. I actually ran Roger's arcade at night time uh, for him. So I think back then I, we, I think That's, we still had the garden centre and I used to come in and uh, do the night shift oh, for cool. Roger. Oh, good. Uh, Does he know how he, how, how, how he lives pinball machines? He's never, he's only happy when he's working on pinball machines. Oh, I know. And he works in them seven days a week, believe it or not, in his little room underneath the house. This is Howard. Did he tell you this that? Yes, I've been to his house. Oh, you have been? Oh, yes. you know. He's done it. He's done yes. it. Po a podcast you believe that on, on a Sunday? No, I love open. talking to Howard. He's, he's, he's just, really nice. He's such a character. He yeah. is, and he goes oh, yeah. back because he, you know, he had a band. Uh, That's and, right. And, you know, he, knows he used to all stock the jukeboxes. Yeah, exactly. He had the. Work oh, for that company right. that had the jukeboxes and the pool tables, that. and he knows all about that. Yes. yes. So yeah, it's good that we've we've talked a bit about Howard. So you've you've had a bit to do with him, and you're still friends. Still with very him good friends with oh, Howard. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I won't say how many pinballs that I store for him. But yeah. I, I do have a few. You help him with some of his um <laughs> his, his storing uh, uh endeavors. You, you you can have a look after. Yeah. Well, in fact, if you know to 
for the picture. We'll get a you photo. You might want to take yeah. a picture of yeah. underneath there. We'd like to get a photo of the both of you. With, yeah, with, yeah, a, with, a, with, a, with a pinball machine, one of Howard's pinball machines. Yes, yes. Um, so what are your thoughts, Phil, on the current market for pinball? I mean, I know you've just got the three out commercially, but what do you think of all these new Stern machines that have been flooding the market in terms of the home collector? Well, um, I must admit, I, I uh, am very surprised. Well, am I surprised? Um, that Gary Walker, as I assume, has sold quite a few Stern pinballs. As an independent. As an independent from, you know, now that he's, he's sold, sold his coin cascade. Yes. Uh, I know he's sold quite a few. Um, I've bought one or two off him to just resell to customers with, you know, he gives us a small commission type of thing. But, um, what amazes me is that the limited editions, how much they go for now. And, uh, 18. 18, nearly 19,000 19, for, uh, yeah. for, for that latest one. Led Zeppelin. Uh, the Led Zeppelin. Mm. Absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, I know that the Pro are still around about that 11,000. 10,9. 10,9. And the Premium's 15. About 15 15,1. 15,1. Uh, the, the state of the obviously, <coughs> no one's operating too many of the new ones. These I've got days. an I've got an alley out. Oh, you have. This, oh, okay. But that well, I bought that when it was sixteen. Right. So the, the prices have been going up every almost every title. Every title, don't they? Yeah. Uh, in fact, it was I was blown away by that nearly that nineteen thousand for the uh, Led Zeppelin. But there is obviously people out there, and I'm just thinking that you know COVID. Mm. I'm wondering that Gary most probably sold a few in that COVID period, even though it did take a lot longer to get them in. I think he, he did actually sell quite a few. Would you agree with that, Simon? So, yes, yeah, the home market. Has no, been, it's the home market. It's been, not, not an operating been, market. The, the home market's been blossoming. I think perhaps people are not travelling, so yes. they've got a bit of extra. If, they still, if, their, if their jobs are still secure... They've got a bit of extra cash, and they may be investing it in some renovations or a pinball machine for their house. Exactly. <laughs> There's more exactly. of a focus on home entertaining. Um, but I was just curious as to what your thoughts were, having been in the industry for so long, what your thoughts were on the um, site market or the you know pinballs on sites and the collector market and the, the actual actually the technology advances of the new pinballs? Uh, yes, I, I do realise that in those early years of the spike system, they did have a few problems with the node boards going down, but I think that's all lined out now, and it, and it seems to be pretty good. I would say that um, the collector market is still going to keep on going, even though the prices are uh, relatively high. Um, Operating-wise, um, I know, Simon, you operate, but Apart from Howard, uh, and I don't think even the new company that now owns Queen Cascade... Tech, Tech. Uh, Tech, Tech, isn't it? Tech, T-E-E-G. Tech, T-E-E-G. I don't think they are interested in pinball anymore. Um, hence why they most probably... Uh, Gary Walker took the Stern Agency over and just does that. Does he do their servicing now, Howard? I think Howard helps oh, Gary do a bit of the new... He does uh, what he can. What he can in, mm. in the new pinballs. Um, but no, I, I, I think, you know, the state of the market, I don't think too many are going to be operated. I, I think the collector market will still be there, um, whether it's for these extremely high prices on the mm. older games, which again has blown me away. Yeah, that's interesting. As mm. you said, Simon, we, back in the day, I was buying Twilight Zones for $500. Um, in hindsight, if you'd realised that now, you'd be storing them and then <laughs> selling them off now for, you know, one for went for $15,000 to $17,000. Oh, well, well, one went for $17,500. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Admittedly, one went the other day for for about 12, 12 and a half thousand. Um, I know the guy, um, Dean, um, and, uh, but he would still be happy because I bet you he bought that, you know. For a lot for, less. For, for a lot less. Mm. Uh, I think everyone is, is quite blown away uh, about the, yeah, the, the, the market is um, just, really it has blown me away 
the prices of the older games, Adam's Family, Twilight Zones, the you, you know the real Indiana, collector ones, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, all the collector stuff. Yeah. has really gone through the roof. Yeah. And, and I believe worldwide it's happened. Yes, it has happened um, worldwide. Worldwide it's just going... The new games, well, obviously Stern is the one that's really pumping the, the new games out. Mm. Um, I, I think people are still going to buy them mm. uh, because it's going to be a year or two or three before we're able to get back into travel. Yeah. So therefore people, as you say, Simon, that have got uh, still got jobs that are earning good money mm, mm. and want a games room and want a, a pinball yeah. are going to buy these yeah. things no it's yeah. been great and it's been really great chatting to you guys so thank you Roger thank you Phil I think that's a good time to, to cap, cap it off we're just on hitting an hour so that's really good oh that's perfect All right. sorry I couldn't have um, no, been no, more helpful no, oh you've, you've been helpful Roger oh, and I'm, I'm sorry I've had to prompt you but oh, <laughs> that, was, that, that was great fun it's because I, you I, know I, all about me anyway that's one of the reasons I why do I, I still have the workshop in New North Road you do he you does have a, 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 it's a awesome workshop. so let's yeah. sign off here and um, yes. and we'll have a cup of tea and then we'll have a look at the games we'll sign off now Roger and have a He's cup of tea we're finished we're finished okay thank you Good night. Goodbye. That's excellent.